be an all-time great. You're now rocking with the best. Welcome to the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Oh, he's smoking hot! The latest Laker news. Another great Showtime feed. The greatest Laker show. This is going to be legendary for a long time. This is the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Lakers all day. Go Lakers! What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Big Baby Jonathan here, man. Welcome to another episode of Big Baby Sports. I got Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com. Thank you, Trevor, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on Big Baby Sports, man. How is everything? Oh, everything's going well. Thank you for having me. It's been uh, an exciting summer for the Lakers. It's been, I've been busy. Uh, maybe not busy in the way that most fans would want in terms of actual trades getting done, but we've had a ton of rumors to break down, tons of different things happening in that regard. Now we're just waiting for somebody anybody to finally pull the trigger and make some kind of a move here. Yeah, most definitely, man. So first off, do you think in your personal opinion, Lakers are going to get Kyrie Irving? I'm starting to lean towards no. And I was very optimistic that it was going to happen at the beginning of July. It felt like there was momentum brewing there. We had heard a few reports, the Chris Haynes report mm-hmm. about uh, how it seemed like it was imminent, right? I mean, we heard that it might happen the next day. I think Haynes reported it on like a Saturday and the next day was a Sunday and it just never took place. And it, it just feels like the farther we get into the offseason, the less likely it is that it's actually going to occur. I still think that's option number one for the Lakers. If they can figure out a way to get something done, they will. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not as optimistic as I once was, particularly because it's sounding more and more like Kevin Durant. There isn't movement there, and I just don't see the Nets doing something with Kyrie until they've made a final decision here on, on Kevin Durant. And right now it seems like there's no deal that's, um, that's being made at the moment. Yeah, most definitely, man. For me, man, I agree with you 100%. Man, I feel like the longer it takes, there's going to be probably no trade. Kyrie's probably going to stay in Brooklyn. We'll probably end up staying with Westbrook. It's just it's just a standing pan right now. As far as the Lakers, man, do you feel like the Lakers should just go to a different trade, like the Pacer trade, or just stand pat with Westbrook and just try to see how the system fits with Darvin Ham as a coach? Well, that's really the question, right? I mean, I, I put this out there on Twitter the other day. I said, look, if – if the Lakers, if there's no Kyrie trade, if that's just it's simply not possible that you can trade for Kyrie Irving and your options are either bring Russell Westbrook back, bring him into training camp and then hope to find a better trade during the season or give up both firsts and do a trade with Indiana or Utah or New York or, or whoever else is out there. Maybe it's the Spurs. What's the best path for the Lakers and do the trade with both firsts? was mm-hmm. won the pull up, but it was like 59 41 or something like that. So they, I mean, they won it pretty handily, but I think people are just desperate for a move. I think the Lakers, if the option is give up both first and do an Indiana trade or bring Russ into the season and then see if Darvin Ham can make it work. We're not expecting him to, but if he can, you'd at least give it a shot and then try to be patient and find a better trade during the season. I think that's probably the path they're going to take because they seem very determined to not give up both first in a deal that would net you, say, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. Yeah, most definitely, man. Like, as the Lakers are staying pat right now, the longer it's going to drag out, I feel like we should just say, thank you, Kyrie. We try to get you plan B. You know what I mean? Go get Buddy Heald, Miles Turner. You know, the, the train camp starts in a couple months, like next month or so. 
So we got to get the ball rolling, man. We can't be waiting around anymore, in my personal opinion. Even if you have comments in the comment section, put them down here for Trevor Lane to answer. Go ahead, Lake Nation. But, um, yeah, overall, man, I just feel like we need to get more shooting, more defensive wings. I know we got that um, couple players in the offseason, man, but we need to just go out. You know, we just need to do better right now, you know? What you think? Yeah. I think that the Lakers do need to find more shooting. I think that's very clear when you look at this roster. Is LeBron James is probably your best shooter at the moment, and that's that's probably not a good thing. You want other guys spacing the floor for LeBron, not LeBron being the guy that's providing the spacing for you. I do like in a vacuum the moves they made in the offseason, but fitting the pieces together is very difficult. This team is begging for a trade, uh, but he's not out there. I do think the Lakers probably will move into the season with, with what they've got. If they can't find something that makes sense for them to do um, the roster, look, I, again, I, I, they got younger. They got more athletic. You added Darvin Ham. I like some of the things that they did this offseason. Right now, it's hard to see how all the pieces fit together, though, particularly on the offensive end of the floor. So I think they'd still need some things to happen here. And look, Jeannie Boss, Rob Palenka, they both said they're not done. Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed, hopefully something else happens because this team really does, at least on the offensive end, on paper, we never know exactly how things are going to play out on the floor, but on paper, it feels like they need to add at least a couple of shooters in order to unlock things. Most definitely. We need to get some shooters, you know, and I feel like last season was a failed season because like, what was your, what was your um, take on the whole Westbrook saying that he has no expectations? You know, like what, what is your thoughts about that, man? Like did it rub you the wrong way or was that taken out of context? He has no expectations for what he said that heading into the season. Uh, yeah, yeah, heading into the season. Oh, they asked him at a, after a game, oh. and they asked him, and he said, "I have no expectations." Right. You know. So, what did you thought about that? I mean, I, I think there were a number of times where Russell Westbrook said things that probably weren't ideal in either post game situations or the exit interview, um, things like that. It, it's been a rough fit. It's been a rough fit with Russell Westbrook last season. I've said many times it was the worst season in Lakers history. Uh, not record-wise, but based on you know fan experience, that was a team that was really hard to get behind. There wasn't a lot of joy in that mm-hmm. season. And so that's, that's something that you don't want to see repeat. And a lot of people look at Russell Westbrook as the catalyst to making sure you don't wind up with a, a situation like that again, that you need to move on from him in order to fix the problems. Uh, I think he's part of the problem. I don't think he was the entire problem. I think there were other things at play here too. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, ultimately, I do think that with the way the pieces fit on this roster, if you're going to have any kind of fun this season, mm-hmm. you probably need to move Russell Westbrook. Even if you decide, you know what, we're going to head into the season with him and then try to look for a, for a better trade. I think there's still going to be pressure to try to get a deal done sooner rather than later. Yeah, most definitely. Shout out to Angry Lakers fan. Big baby should be on Lakers Nation podcast. We'll, we'll see, man. We'll see. That's right. Uh, yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, my boy XZ has a question. What do you think about of Jeannie Buss saying Michael Jordan is the GOAT and not LeBron? What do you think about that? You know, I saw that going around a little bit today. I didn't see exactly where she said it. Um, and maybe it was it in the new Hulu show. I haven't checked yeah. that out yet. But yeah. but in any event, I, I don't – people will say, well, there's an agenda here that, you know, LeBron – is LeBron going to resign now because Jeannie Buss said that – if Jeannie Buss thinking that Michael Jordan is – it's not like she said, oh, you know, it's uh, some player that isn't deserving or something of being called the greatest of all time over LeBron. It's not like she came out and said Kevin Durant greater than sign LeBron James or, or something like that. Kevin Durant's a great player, but I, if I'm LeBron, how insulted can I really be if Jeannie Buzz said it? It's Michael Jordan, right? I mean, this is he's 
he's either the best or the second best of all time. So it's not like this is some absurd take. And I would have to think that LeBron, as a professional athlete, having heard the things that he's heard, being in the public eye for as long as he's been, he's probably got thicker skin than to be concerned about whether or not Jeannie Buss says he's the greatest of all time or if Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's her personal opinion. You know, yeah. that's if she thinks Michael Jordan's a goat, Kobe, LeBron, like for me, mine is Kobe, Jordan, then LeBron. You know, my personal opinion, just like you, who is the greatest player of all time in your personal opinion, Trevor? I, I go back and forth between Jordan and LeBron all the time. I don't, they're both amazing. You can argue, there's so many different ways you can argue it. Well, you know, if this player was playing in this era, what would happen? Put Jordan in today's game with no hand checking, put LeBron in that era, you know. There's all these different rabbit holes that you can go down with this. It's hard to argue against either. They're both absolutely incredible. I know that's kind of a non-answer, but I I just think no matter what, you're talking about two of the greatest to ever play the game. And so I I usually prefer just to to appreciate them for what they are rather than worry about talking up one while pushing down another in in order to further an argument. Yeah, like at the end of the day, man, it's everybody's personal opinion. You know, if, but we already know who's what Skip Bates is going to pick in that debate. <laughs> you know, pick LeBron, uh, pick Michael Jordan. Oh, of course. And I got I got my boy Chris has a question for you. Thoughts on matchup Warriors on opening night and Mavs on Christmas? I think Warriors on opening night, it's a tough one. The one thing, though, that sometimes happens is there's a championship hangover where the team getting their rings isn't as locked in as they should be, um, which we may see. It may not matter. Like the Warriors are really good. They're de- they're the defending champs. They're going to have that cohesiveness. That chemistry is already baked in. They do have some new pieces, though. So who knows? I mean, I'm not writing off the Lakers on opening night, but it is a difficult opening game. The Clippers too. And I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting that. I don't think there's. It doesn't mean you're afraid mm-hmm. to play those teams, but you can admit. Look, the Lakers get the Warriors and the Clippers back to back to open the season. Well, not back to back, but the first two games of the season. And that's a difficult one, too, to to deal with because the Clippers do project to have one of the best rosters in the NBA this season. Uh, So they're going to be thrown into the fire early. Christmas Day against the Mavs. LeBron, Luka, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. These are all difficult matchups, but let's face it, the Western Conference, man, it is going to be a dogfight this year. It's going to be really tough to come out of the West. So I would expect a lot of difficult matchups for the Lakers, and they're going to have to come in really locked in, really in sync. Otherwise, um, they they could be down 0-2 at the start of the season if, if Darvin Ham isn't get, able to get them to gel very quickly in training camp. Yeah, most definitely. And Lakers fans, if Lakers go 0-2, don't panic. Don't say trade players. It's a long season. You know how LeBron's teams are when they come together. It's a process. And I agree with you. It's going to be tough, but I feel like Lakers are going to compete. And we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? And also, what is your personal opinion about Darvin Ham as a coach? How do you feel like he's how do you feel like the system's going to work for the players on this team? I mean, so far I'm optimistic, but right now it's it's August. I mean, this is the honeymoon season for everybody, right? This is every team in the NBA has the same record right now. Every player is we're going to see this when we get to to media day in uh what, 6 weeks or so. Yeah. Every player has put on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. That's the the general thing, right? Everybody's in the best shape of their lives. Everybody's really excited for the season, all, all of that kind of stuff. So right now it's very easy to be optimistic. But that being said, I felt like Darvin Ham was the best choice of the, the available candidates. I think all the stuff we've heard from him so far has fit in with that in terms of him being a guy that players just naturally will want to buy into and want to follow. And I think that's going to be re- really critical for the Lakers. So, so far, so good. We'll see what that looks like in the dog days of January and February when you hit a losing streak or something like that. 
little bit more difficult to be optimistic, but so far, I think he's checked all the boxes that you would want him to. Yeah, most definitely, man. And uh, overall, man, how do you feel like um, Scotty Barnes, not Scotty Barnes, excuse me, Scotty Pippen Jr.? Do you feel like he's going to make this roster this year? Or do you feel like he's going to be in the G League and on a two-way contract? Well, I mean, he's on a two-way contract right now, so I would yeah. assume that's the way he's going to—he's where he's going to be heading into the season. I liked a lot of what we saw from him in Summer League. I thought he did some really nice things in Las Vegas. Uh, there's still some rough edges to his game that have got to be smoothed out, but that's to be expected. He's, he's a rookie. I think he'll get plenty of, of opportunities with the South Bay Lakers. I look at this Lakers roster, and I don't think they necessarily need him to be a plug-and-play player right now. Mm-hmm. They don't need to put him in there at this moment. So he's going to be a guy that they'll develop. Maybe you do see him. They'll call him up a few times. and You'll see him in some garbage time minutes or something like that. But I'm not expecting him to be like we we tend to. We look at these guys that are coming up from the G League and we go, oh, Austin Reeves. He was something last year. So that means automatically, hey, Cole Swider, uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. These guys, they're going to be getting minutes this season. Uh, look, Austin Reeves got minutes this last season in part because a lot of things went wrong. In order for him to get those minutes, I look at him as the outlier. And, and again, a lot of that is credit to Austin himself as well for his ability to force the coaches to give him those minutes. But that's not the norm. That's not what you, we should be expecting. I would expect to see Scottie Pippen Jr. play most of his minutes in the G League, get a few opportunities with, with the Lakers themselves. But I wouldn't be anticipating him making an impact at the NBA level this season. Most definitely, you know, most definitely. Um, and shout out to my boy, Angry Lakers fan, man. He does YouTube as well. Make sure you guys go subscribe to him. He keeps it real on this show. But yeah, man, just overall, man, I, I just feel like this Lakers team in general is going to compete under Darvin Ham, in my personal opinion. There's no, Darvin Ham is going to get these guys to compete every night, you know, and he's going to have an opportunity to keep it real with everybody. He's told, He said in his interview, facts over feelings, you know what I mean? So, what I want to see from Darvin Ham is if he really is going to take players out that are not playing really well. Like if Westbrook's having a bad game, if he's on the roster still, if he's having a bad game, take him out. You know, I just want to see if he's about his action of his words. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what we've heard so far is that he will have the authority to do it. And contractually, it makes sense, too. He's got four years under contract. He's not a lame duck coach. Frank Vogel had one extra year under contract. But, you know, that doesn't always mean a lot in the coaching circles. The Lakers only extended him for one year pretty clear that the Lakers didn't have a lot of faith in, in Frank Vogel. Um, so I think it's a very different dynamic that we're going to see with Darvin Ham. I think he has not just the go-ahead from the Lakers front office to do it, but contractually, he's got the staying power that a guy like Russell Westbrook on an expiring contract doesn't. Uh, and that really goes for the rest of the team, too. I think Darvin Ham is going to have the leeway to make those kinds of difficult decisions and not have to worry so much about hurting feelings or anything like that. Yeah, most definitely. I'm excited for Darvin Ham. I like his aggressiveness i like his passion because you're right i went to a laker game when they played the kings when frank vogel was the coach lakers players didn't engage as much with frank vogel you know they went to more feel handy top from time to time what i saw you know what i mean and uh my boy uh jeff tv or jeff his questions for you trevor is thc a laker past the trade deadline i'm gonna say since i've got i, it, I think it, it largely depends on russell westbrook if Russ is on the roster still, I'm going to say THT is not because the two just don't fit at all. Mm-hmm. And you're taking the fourth highest paid player on your team and basically putting him in a situation where he can't share the court with a guy who's going to get major minutes in Russell Westbrook, regardless of what we you know think of him. He's, he's there. He's going to be playing. So it makes more sense to move him, to move on from him. I'm still a believer in his upside, still a believer in his potential. But 
I think you are devaluing Taylor Horton Tucker by keeping him on a roster that also has Russell Westbrook. So I think a lot of it's dependent upon that. Otherwise, if Russ has moved, then yeah, why not? I, I think you hang on to him because I don't think his value is where it should be right now or where you're hoping it will be. And you're probably better off letting him show development this season and then trying to move him maybe next summer or something rather than, than try to trade him now. But again, it's very contingent upon what Russell Westbrook does, what happens there. Yeah, man, it's just crazy that we are in this position with Westbrook, man. Who would have thought, man, when we first came together with Westbrook? You know, I think the injuries happened and all the stuff behind the scenes we don't probably don't know about that went down and just it's unfortunate Westbrook saw, you know, if he gets traded, cool. If not, then we just got to hold the fort down, you know, and go out there and compete, you know. And also he has a question for me, a big baby sensor, the Dwight Whisper. Any updates on where he might land uh, as of right now? Nothing. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, my boy uh, Chris has a question for you. <laughs> hey, Trev, I'm interested in being on the – he wants to be on the Laker Nation podcast. I get I get a lot of people that have asked to be on the podcast stuff. Best thing, just there should be a DM on, on Twitter and we'll we'll do some stuff. We do our um, – uh, we do our Twitter spaces where we bring people up to talk and things like that. And we also, of course, we do our live chats and that allows fans to interact. But we mm-hmm. tend to try to not make it like a free for all with a bunch of people jumping in or, or anything. So it's something that that we'll look at, particularly as I'm looking at like fun Fridays and stuff like that, which we've been doing. But something that we'll definitely look at as the, the offseason rolls along. For sure. Most definitely. But, uh, man, one more question before I get up on that here. Give us your best Kobe Bryant moment that you've ever experienced. Um, the best, I mean, it's, it's bittersweet, but the best moment was also his final game, the, the mm-hmm. 60 point performance, you know, he's had incredible performances before that winning championships and, and all of that dropping 81 points the what it was at 62 on the, the Mavs in three quarters and all, all the different things that he's done, um, been absolutely incredible, but that moment for me transcended sports. It was a moment where we saw from a, a human standpoint, you saw someone really giving, everything they had left to the to the fans there uh, that's what i that was my you know hair standing up on my arms reaction as we saw that happening as we saw that 60 point performance was i went oh my god we're watching him empty the tank right this is he's giving every ounce of basketball he has left to los angeles right now um and i don't think we've ever had a moment quite like that before in terms of a final performance, you can say, well, he didn't win a championship that year. That would have been the best send off and all that. And that's, that's true. But that was just an incredible final moment for the city, for Lakers fans, for Kobe fans. It was absolutely incredible. It was unbelievable. And just the realization that he really was burning out what felt like the last basketball that he had left in him. I don't think we've ever seen that happen to that degree before. So that was that was an incredible moment that I'll never forget. Yeah, most definitely, man. Man, for me, man, the sixty-point game at the final of his career and just eighty-one. They have so many moments, but for me, it's on the social media level because I'm gonna keep it real. Everybody knows this. He used to follow me on Twitter, and we had a conversation on Twitter. Um, and actually, I'm surprised that he followed me. But for me, my personal moment, my personal moment for me was him following me, and also two eighty-one points, just in general, Coy Bryant will be missed tremendously, but his legacy lives on. He taught us to keep pushing forward anytime you're going through a bad situation. Just keep moving forward, you know? that That's how I look at it. every day. Anytime I'm having a bad day, I just keep pushing forward, keep keep grinding. You know, on this journey that I'm on, I'm keep pushing, you know? I got, right, Kobe, absolutely. I got Kobe quotes behind me, man, you know? But uh, thank you, Trevor, for coming on Big Baby Sports, man. Go follow Trevor underscore Lane on Twitter, man. Thank you for coming on. All right. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Uh,